God, we thank you for the passage from Matthew that has been read to us. We pray that we would have wisdom as we reflect upon the role of Joseph, that we would be able to see in this passage a fresh understanding of what you did 2,000 years ago, and that we would find encouragement for the ways that we live today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One of my favorite things about Christmas time is the uh, nativity scenes that are around. And I, I didn't ask specifically for there to be a nativity scene behind me, but there is one, and I'm thankful for it because it's really going to come in handy for what we're going to be taking a look at today. And when you look at that nativity scene, the, the thing that, that is so helpful about that is it brings all of the characters together. And of course, every nativity scene is different. Sometimes the nativity scene includes the wise men, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it includes the angels, sometimes it doesn't. But there's some general uh, members of the story that are presented to us in that nativity scene. And it gives us an opportunity for us to reflect upon who they are and what role they played in the entire story. And so some of them would seem to be uh, more important than others. So as we look at the nativity scene, I think we can agree that probably Jesus would be pretty important, right? Are we agreed on that, that Jesus definitely has a place in the nativity scene? He definitely belongs there. Uh, Of course, uh, Mary should be there because the whole idea of Christmas is to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and you need a mother in order to be born. So definitely Mary is very, very important. Of course, we have the the shepherds as well. Here is uh, one of the shepherds. They're important because they are there as witnesses. Uh, They were actually invited uh, to the place by the angels, and so they had an important role. We could even say that the animals had an important place. It's important for them to be there because they symbolize the the humble beginnings of the Messiah, that uh, how he came not born in a palace, but rather born uh, where the the animals would be eating. And it was a very uh, humble concept, and it's something that that really marked the rest of Jesus' ministry and life. But I want to ask you, What about this guy? What about Joseph? How important is it for him to be in the nativity scene? If I just took him and put him on the floor and just left him out of there, would it really make any difference? Because the fact is, he didn't have to be there, did he? Uh, There are many times uh, that we have had, I'm sure, fathers, and I won't uh, won't ask uh, for uh, a show of hands, but fathers who have dropped their wives off at the hospital, and uh, the, the, the mothers had their, their baby, and then the father came and, and picked them up afterwards uh, when everything was done. I know that that happens. Uh, so the, the, uh, Joseph didn't have to be there for the actual birth. And isn't the whole point of the virgin conception of Jesus the fact that you don't need a human father? Isn't that the whole point, that Joseph never really had to be a part of the story? Uh, Could you imagine a Christmas story, a nativity story, as found in our Gospels, that completely left Joseph out? Can you imagine uh, uh, an angel just appearing to Mary, and Mary being a young girl who is not yet engaged, not connected at all to any men, 
and the angel just saying, you are going to give birth to a child, and this child is going to be the Son of God, and then all of the things happen, uh, just as we can imagine, uh, through uh, generally what we find in the, in the Bible stories, all of that happening without Joseph. Can you imagine that? I can imagine that. It would seem like the story would work without Joseph. In fact, as I was preparing for this service, I was looking at the various Christmas carols that we have. And, you know, there are very few that mention Joseph. The, uh, of course, many of them uh, mention Mary, and we would expect that. All of them uh, mention Jesus, which is very important. But there are many more that mention the angels, the shepherds, uh, the wise men, the animals, even the star gets mentioned more often than Joseph. I had a hard time finding a Christmas carol that mentions Joseph because many people can look at the story and say, Joseph is really not that important. He doesn't have to be a part of the story. And yet what I'm going to argue this morning is that he was actually a vital part of the story. And it's something that we need to remember. So that's what we're going to take a look at. At Christmas time, when we are looking at the birth of Jesus, uh, we often go to the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, because they're the only ones that give us an outline of what took place in terms of the announcement of Jesus' birth and then the actual events of that as well. Luke provides us the account from Mary's perspective of what happened when the angel appeared to Mary and, and her interaction with uh, her relative Elizabeth and all of the things that took place there. And so that's what we get in Luke. In Matthew, we get it from Joseph's perspective. And that by itself tells us, that's a clue, that Joseph must be important. The fact that we would have a, an account of the birth of Jesus and the announcement of the birth of Jesus from Joseph's perspective in Matthew. So that is very important. So what, what happens in this story? Well, what we find out from Matthew is that uh, Joseph and Mary are engaged. And that's not like in a modern engagement. So today, if, uh, if there's a couple who are engaged, uh, if you uh, get cold feet at the last minute, you know, you can uh, just leave them at the altar and, you know, there's, yeah, it's going to be a pain. You have to return gifts and you have to cancel catering and all that kind of thing. But you can do it without any legal ramifications. But that's not the case back in the ancient world. The kind of uh, engagement that was going on here was really more like a marriage. It was like there was two steps to the marriage. Uh, the first step was the engagement, and then it was consummated a, somewhat later, maybe a year or so later. But in order to break off that engagement, you would actually have to have a divorce in order to break that. You couldn't just say, you know what, I've met someone else, uh, I'm just or I'm just feeling like this isn't the right thing for me at this time. You couldn't do that. Uh, it would be a lot of work to end that relationship. And all of this comes about because Joseph discovers that Mary is pregnant, and uh, he is not the father. They have not come together as husband and wife, and so he is obviously concerned about that. And there's many things that he could do. Uh, he could make a big deal about it. 
because uh, from a human perspective, this is a shame upon him because it looks as if Mary has been cheating on him. And so he could, he could create a lot of problems for her. He could uh, not only divorce her publicly and make it clear that uh, she did something bad, there would be also punishment for her for that. He could really give her a hard time. But he, he wants to do it quietly. He is uh, a kind person. He's a caring person. I'm sure he feels hurt but he wants to, uh, to just let this go. It's, it's possible that uh, Mary had already told him that this birth uh, or this uh, pregnancy was not by another human, but was by the power of the Holy Spirit. But what are you to do with that? You can't just... That's not something you hear every day, right? So he, he's really struggling with this. And so God appears to him in a dream uh, by means of an angel and explains to him that indeed Mary is telling the truth that this pregnancy is by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that he is not to end the relationship, but is to continue on. And this is just a, a great story that we see that he has the courage to follow through with this. And many times we look at the story and we think, well, that's great. What this means is that Joseph is a, is a good guy. He's willing to stick with Mary, even though there's going to be ramifications for him because there's going to be rumors that he isn't the father and those rumors did indeed uh, happen but he was willing to stick with it but that's not the end of the story the end of the story actually is with joseph naming the baby jesus that's the end part of this story and that is extremely important you know we we spend a lot of time uh, praying to jesus worshiping jesus Do we ever think that that name actually comes from Joseph? Yes, it was revealed in the dream, but the actual naming of the child came from Joseph. So we use Jesus' name all the time without ever thinking about Joseph, that it was from Joseph that that name came. But there's more to it than that. The naming of the child was actually the, the official adopting of the child. That Joseph was not just the, uh, the full-time assistant babysitter for Mary, but rather Joseph was taking this child on as his own child. He was adopting this baby as his own. That this one would be not just Mary's son, but would be Joseph's son as well. This was a, an adoption. This is extremely important because if you look back to... When that angel speaks to Joseph, what does the angel do? How does he address Joseph? Joseph, son of David. Son of David. Why does he call him son of David? Because Joseph is a descendant of King David. And there had been a promise that there would always be someone of the line of David who would reign over Israel. But it looked as if that promise was broken. At the time of the Babylonian exile, the reign of David seemed to come to an end. And there were attempts to have different kings over them at different times, but not of the line of David, and things didn't work, and Israel was always under the rule of someone else, and things were bad. And it looked as if the the line of David, the family of David, was just this dried-up old stump that had no life in it at all. Now, Joseph knew 
that he was of the line of David, but there was not much that, that help that that was going to give. What was he going to do with that? He probably didn't go and announce that. He didn't walk up to the average uh, Roman centurion and say, hey, by the way, I just want to let you know I'm of the line of David, so uh, you better watch it. Uh, he, that's not the kind of thing that you'd want to do. You'd want to keep things pretty low. You didn't want to create attention because he had no way to benefit from that. There was no way that people were going to follow someone like Joseph, and probably Joseph had no uh, desire to, uh, to reinstate the Davidic kingship. But he did have the right credentials for this, and he was able to pass this on to his son, Jesus, so that Jesus could be a part of that line of David. Now, you might think, wait a minute, that doesn't count. That's only adoption. That's not enough to make that connection between Jesus and David. And I would say that that is uh, not correct, that that is a close enough connection. Uh, We think about the Roman emperors, and what do we often call the emperors? Caesar. They went by the name of Caesar. But do you know that all of those emperors who used Caesar, so when we think of uh, Augustus and uh, Tiberius and and, uh, Claudius and all of these Caesars, they actually were not direct descendants of Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar, Caesar was part of his name. It was his family name. And uh, that was passed on through adoption. He adopted Octavian, who became Augustus Caesar. That was enough. Adoption was enough in the ancient world to pass on a family line, even when it came to a ruling line. And so that was the case in terms of of Jesus and the line of David as well. I think about my own experience. <clears throat> my uh, father who raised me, <clears throat> excuse me, was not my birth father. He was my adopted father. My three of my children are not my birth children, but my adoptive children. But I consider the line to continue from my father to me to my children. It doesn't matter that adoption is in there. The line continues to be. This is extremely important. This comes down to a story in the Gospels where there was a blind man who was aware that Jesus, as an adult, was traveling through. And he wanted to call out to Jesus. And this is what he did. This is the line that he gave when he called out to Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many people today have taken that on as their own personal prayer. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I want you to think about that line because all of that comes down to what Joseph did. Because Joseph named him Jesus. And it was also because of Joseph that Jesus could be called the son of David. That was how the line came through. Something for us to be thankful when it comes to Joseph. Now, I think by itself, what we've looked at is enough. That is enough to to just really give us something to think about. But there's more. There's more. Because I think that there are people here today who can identify with Joseph. That we might think, we don't have anything to give to the kingdom of God. We have nothing of importance to offer. That we are just here, we can come, we can sit in a pew, we can sing a few songs, but we're not really the important ones, and there's not much that can happen. Or perhaps we feel like we have something, but we feel like Joseph, that uh, no one really seems to notice us. No one seems to really appreciate what we are doing. Uh, We're like Joseph trying to find his name in the the hymn book, in the Christmas carols, and he can't find it anywhere, that no one seems to care the role that he had. Maybe we feel like that. I want us to think 
about the experience of Joseph. That Joseph didn't seem to have a whole lot, but he had the right family connection. He had the right DNA, being a descendant of David. It didn't seem like much. For a long time of his life, it didn't seem to help at all. But right at the right time, God used it for his purposes so that God's own son could be also the son of David, the son of Joseph. God used that connection in an amazing way. And also, even though many people today don't think about Joseph, so much of what we consider important about Jesus goes back to that connection that only Joseph could provide. So maybe you're here and you're wondering, what role do you have? I'm not as important as this person. I don't have the skills of this person. I don't want you to think about that. What I want you to think about is the fact that God will use anyone and can use anyone and does use anyone. And it is not about what other people think is important. It's not about how much attention we receive. It's not about what title we have or anything like that. It's about God having the right people with the right background, the right experience, whatever it is, to have them there at the right time. And God uses that all the time. There are people who have maybe experienced pain because of some uh, struggle of the past, and God will bring them into into the path of another person who's going through the same thing. And that encouragement will really make a difference. Sometimes you're just that person will sit beside a lonely person and be a reminder to them that someone cares. God can use all of us, no matter what our experience, no matter how glamorous our background looks, it doesn't matter. God can use us. When we think about the the different characters of the nativity scene, we're going to be tempted to forget about Joseph. We're just going to look at the superstars of it. We're going to look at Jesus, and we're going to look at Mary, and we're going to look at the shepherds and the animals and the angels and all of those. But don't, don't forget about Joseph. If it wasn't for Joseph, the baby wouldn't be named Jesus. If it wasn't for Joseph, the baby wouldn't be a son of David. He wouldn't have that messianic connection. He wouldn't be fulfilling the prophecies of the Old Testament. All of that comes through Joseph. This room is filled with Josephs and Josephines, okay? Uh, We are people who are just normal people who God wants to use for his glory, for his purposes, and for his kingdom. And our challenge is simply to make ourselves available to God the way Joseph did. Let us pray. God, we thank you for Joseph. Uh, What an incredible honor it was for him to be used in this way. From a human perspective, it would look as if he didn't really matter. And yet you used him in such important ways that through Joseph, your son Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah of Israel. Lord, we come to you today and we want to be used, but we don't know how we can be used. We pray that you would speak to us as you spoke to Joseph and that you would guide us. And may we have the same courage that he has. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.